Welcome to Tana Talks, where we ask those involved in technology and innovation to share their story and help us inspire others. I am your host, Tana Looney, and today I'm joined by the lovely Jackie Parker. Jackie is the SVP of Talent Management and the Chief Diversity Officer at Global Payments. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are so excited to have you here. I am going to brag on Jackie a little bit because Jackie likely will not brag on herself, <laughs> but I have asked her to talk a little bit about her expertise. When I first heard Jackie speaking on an all hands, I was super excited that she was here. I shot her a note, told her how excited I was to have her, and she responded back, and I thought, Jackie's amazing. And then I went to LinkedIn, and I checked out Jackie, and I was like, I'm not worthy. She has such a great background, such vast experience. Jackie has done a lot of great work from everywhere, and CPG, there's Campbell's, Nabisco, Pepsi, uh, great times with rubber, dual Rubbermaid. She's also done consulting. A diversity inclusion seems to be peppered in there a lot, but that's not the only thing Jackie Jackie has done. She's also a certified coach. Um, and so Jackie is inspiring me daily. She <laughs> is inspiring our organization. And so really what I like to do is, is just talk to you a little bit, Jackie, about to get us started. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Ooh, who I, I am. I am a conscientious leader who purpose is to connect people to their north star and people includes people leaders organizational leaders connecting them to their purpose i love that and to their purpose is phenomenal so thank you for sharing that so in this series, we are typically focusing on innovation, and you and I have had some conversation about how diversity and inclusion really helps to drive innovation. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about what that word means for you and how you foster it within your team and within the organization? Yeah, you know, when I think about innovation and it shows up for me as unpacking ideas that have been um, yet to be born, <laughs> right? And with diversity, when you have a homogeneous culture or team, typ typically experiences are similar. Um, life experiences are similar. Education is similar. And when you, when you mix um, dimensions of diversity with similarities, it birth innovation and creativity. Um, I, I like to give an analogy of having black coffee and cream. And when you mix cream into the black coffee, it's, it transforms into a different color. That is innovation. So, so Jackie, you know Xenial really has the space of restaurants, innovation within restaurants. And we've seen a lot of change in the brands that we partner with, including more diverse audiences with the C-suite being women. Mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing that 
as a, as a great driver for innovation. There are some really good innovations coming from, from both men and women, but we do see that a little bit. A little bit more. Do you think that there is something, and we're going to start with women, just because I happen to be a woman and you're a woman, mm -hmm. and you talk about our experiences being a little bit different. What do you think in terms uh, that women bring to the table that maybe this homogenous male group hasn't really thought of, especially when it comes uh, to the innovation or maybe even the restaurant category? I know it's not your forte, but I wanted to ask anyway. But you know what? When you think about the category of women, we make uh, probably 95% of the household's decisions. We are so exposed to different categories of decision-making, and you bring that wealth of knowledge and experience to the table um, from, you know, having three or four jobs that we wear at home. <laughs> we are the coach, we are the chauffeur, you know, we are PTA leaders, um, you know, you name it, we are the book club leader. Uh, but the very fact that we are multitaskers, the very fact that we are good at project management, we are innovative because we make a meal out of no meal. You can get some potatoes and an onion and um, a piece of meat and you have a meal. Like we're just going to create amazing ideas and amazing projects from do-it-yourself, do you name it. Just, it's amazing how innovative we are. So it doesn't surprise me that you're seeing more women leading um, not only in corporate America, but but there's a prevalence of women now being invited into the boardroom. And I really think that men are starting um, to embrace the concept that shit gets done when a woman is behind the helm leading it because we know how to make soup <laughs> without a lot of ingredients. <laughs> you know... I love that. And I don't, I don't think I've ever put that together because I myself am not the cooker in my family, <laughs> but I am typically the decision maker behind the meal, which is a great point. So if you, if you are unaware of how the restaurant industry specifically has looked in the past, typically people enter restaurants uh, on their first level jobs, because that's what, where a lot of the people's first level jobs are, mm -hmm. at a 50% rate, men to women. Mm -hmm. And then you see, as you move up in the C-level positions, only 18% of C-level positions are women. Yeah. And so help me to unpack that, understand why is that, and how do we really impact change there, Jackie? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with comfort. I mean, I see it, you know, just in, in my realm of responsibility, looking at our demographics, you can see women typically be in position in administrative roles, or you'll see them in marketing, but you don't see them running facilities or running sales or um, running a PL, um, there is this blanket unconsciousness that um, you, even in succession planning, you'll get men explaining why a woman wouldn't want to lead sales because she needs to stay home and raise her kids. And so oftentimes those decisions are made for you just out of um, a, a tradition or an assumption that 
became valid for that individual. And so you see more decision makers bringing in people in who look like them, right? And they're more comfortable and there, there's this affinity bias, or you'll bring in somebody who um, there's a halo effect, who you admired. And, um, you know, it's just it, for women, we always have to navigate through some of that, um, those assumptions that prevent us from coming through at the leadership level. Um, but it's, 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 you can look at any workforce demographic and see common themes weaved in how the demographic profile is made up. And you can see where women are placed relative to men. And I just don't, I don't think women feel, I mean, men feel comfortable um, letting women run operations because they feel like, you know, that they are best suited to run a business. And I think that's a deeply rooted held bias. Um, and, and can I tell you, that could be childhood, you know, how women were positioned as a young boy um, in terms of proper placement, like your place is at, in the home, raising a family, and my job is to go and work. And so it, it just doesn't translate that you should be my peer when I was raised for you to have a different place. And I don't want to go down no. a rabbit hole, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I just think some it's hard to get them to look at you as equal when they weren't, when it wasn't innate in them growing up as an equal. Absolutely. I am noticing too with a lot of the books, I, this is a conversation that I am passionate about. With a lot of the books that I've read, Lean In, or there's a newer one called Believe It, mm -hmm. um, which is talking about women uh, entrepreneurs. And one of the things that is is interesting to me in both of those books, it talks about this, what are women doing to ourselves to impact our ability to take those positions? Right. And one of them is how are we reaching out to other women? How are right. we bringing each other up? Right. And both of them have this idea and, and I have to fight with it myself as to an alpha female. Since mm. there's only been one, at, since there's only been one at the table, there's a, there can be only one. And men, this was a great, mm -hmm. great aha moment for me. Mm -hmm. Men don't grow up like that, right? right. They grow up with, a pack. we are on a team. We're yes. a pack. Yes. A pack Your of, success. Yes. yes. It's a pack of wolves <gasps> and they go and hunt and gather and they go in packs where you are absolutely right about the alpha. It's like, I, I mean, I have this spot and so I'm not going to bring my competitor in. And until we realize and harness our own power um, and stand in our own influence together, unified as one, it will always be um, you get two, two steps on the ladder and somebody else is pushing you back because, you know what I mean? It's only one seat at the table. But I think we're more stronger by harnessing our power together as a singular voice. Um, because we are brilliant at what we do. Absolutely. I completely agree. I love that. Well, yes, this scarcity mindset that we create as women, I, I love the, the fact that we can identify it because once you identify something, you can make plans 
to eliminate that as a problem. It was something I heard before, but it hadn't been something that I really thought about. Am I doing that? Mm -hmm. And so I try to look at my own setting and say, you know, I am, I am looking at my peers. And if there are too many women, I have thought, "Eh, maybe I don't, Maybe I, I'm not going to make it there. And that's completely a scarcity mindset that I'm bringing with me. Right. So I love it. And I think. That we need to eliminate that. But I think, I think both genders bring that scarcity mindset. The fact that men who are in power and in position to influence opening up another seat has that scarcity mindset too. What will happen to me if I'll allow others who don't look like that come in because at the top of the leadership is a triangle. It's only two or three positions, right? So you're constantly battling loss of control, loss of influence, loss of power versus the opposite and, you know, increasing um, control or increasing um, influence and increasing. It's always like a zero sum if I invite you in. Um, And that says to me that many of us have insecurities that were never unpacked when we were children, that you are constantly battling acceptance, judgment, rejection as you lead. You know what I mean? So you're focusing on productivity, but you also have your gremlins in your head that are directing and controlling your environment. Absolutely. So, so true. All right. So let's shift. Let's talk about your new role. You've only been with us for, is it five months now? Yeah, since June. Perfect. So what grabbed your attention about this role? Why did you choose to come here to Global Payments? Well, I love the performance of the company, quite honestly. The go-to-market strategy, um, the accelerated growth, the acquisition model, um, that's solid leadership. Like, that's, it's very attractive to see strategic intent. Like, for me, global payment is laser-focused on who they are in the space and how to expand their market share. And the fact that I could read that externally and see it was exciting um, to be a part of um, from a marketplace perspective. But then from from a workplace, uh, the opportunity to come in and craft strategy around culture and transformation um, feeds my soul. It's what I've done in the past. but it's also something that ministers back to me. So talk to me about some of your key initiatives, anything that you can share. Mm -hmm. I do know that we are a public company, so I don't want to steal Mm -hmm. any of our secret sauce, but anything that may be (laughs) public and everyone doesn't know about, I would love to hear about what are some, what's your vision? How are you helping us to grow or some of your key initiatives? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And often a question that, consumes my waking time. But, you know, when all, when all is said and done, I simply close my eyes and I imagine a workplace where regardless of your dimension of diversity, that you feel like you belong here and you feel like this is a place 
that not only am I connected to my team members, but this is a family and we have, we share a basic set of core values and beliefs. And I feel like my voice is heard, valued and respected. Who wouldn't want that as an experience, as an employee experience? Like you, you, you really want an opportunity to make a difference and to provide for your family. So if you're able to marry that um, and enjoy the environment around you, that's ideal. So at the end of it all, why am I doing what I'm doing is because I imagine a workplace that experiences that. And how do we get there? Oh my God, it's a lot of heavy lifting because not everybody has a similar vision. Um, for the very reasons you and I just discussed, right? About control, influence, and power. And so there's limitations on, um, on in terms of impacting representation. And so what I try to do is not only bring attention to representation, more importantly, bring attention to equity and bring attention to inclusion. You know, we recently celebrated a couple of weeks ago our week-long um, uh, period of we call inclusion celebration week, and we were discussing how amazingly connected employees around the globe were. Um, we did an exercise of painting, and we had people from the UK painting, and we would put up, you know, a picture of our artwork. And it was from India and UK. It was just amazing to see the talent that was outside of coding or something like that. It was connecting to the soul of the team members. We did dancing. I got up and danced. You know, this is all virtual. So you're on screen with hundreds of people. And we had a DJ that was playing music that was universal. So she would play music from Brazil and music from India and all over the world. And so, and then people would put in chat in the chat box, you know, um, who was singing, you know, cause it was from their country, they recognized the top hit. Um, and so out of that, we decided to change DNI on our community page to inclusion 365 meaning let's celebrate the humanity in all of us and lift up our culture, our culture across the globe every single day of the year. So that's one initiative. In terms of, I, I break my body of work in four strategic areas, um, focusing on the career, focusing on our uh, recruitment and retention. So that's all with regards to career. Then you have culture. So how do we transform our culture where it's inviting and welcoming? Um, commerce is the third area body of work. And that's around what you do. It's, it's connecting um, sales and marketing together. So looking at segments of our consumer population, uh, who are we missing? Who are we not targeting um, with our advertising, with our messaging, with our product development and, and connecting the dots along that way? And then the last pillar is around community, building up the communities where we live, work and serve 
um, but also having a focus on supplier diversity. And supplier diversity shows up as economic empowerment for small business, small women-owned business, small black-owned business, um, Hispanic-owned business, connecting with his, um, historically um, black colleges and universities and Hispanic-serving universities. Um, and so it really is taking our commitment around DEI and expressing it in who we're recruiting, who we're developing, who we're serving, how we're transforming our culture um, to make global payments a desired place. Um, more specifically, next year, we will be looking at um, our talent acquisition capabilities and really raising our game to a 2.0 level, um, introducing technology and how we source talent, how we select talent, how we convert talent. So you'll source it, and then there's this hiring process where selection happens, but even in the selection process, we need to make sure we mitigate bias and selection process. So that's working with our advisors, our talent advisors, our HR business partner, making sure we have procedures that would mitigate that at some level, uh, making sure our resume, our job descriptions aren't um, um, gender biased. You know, we, we will have a tendency to write something and maybe tone deaf that, that you know, you know, we're looking for a maverick or something like that, right? Um, something is having, you know, for a senior level position, you want to make sure you have a diverse panel. Um, so yeah, looking at our tools and our technology to increase the engagement and to increase um, how we infuse diversity into the workforce, we're going to introduce new tools that will help mitigate bias in that process. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then on a talent development side, we have so much opportunity to educate our team members around the different dimensions of diversity. And, and then if you think about the hybrid work model, this new future of work, and so you have half of us are back in the office, the other half is still at home. And as a manager of a hybrid workforce, what leadership tools do we need to provide for them that development is not biased. You know, you don't want to just focus on the team member who you see um, versus the team member who you only see on Zoom. And so the whole dynamic and relationship and, and even building culture, how do you build culture when it is hybrid now? How do you keep it uh, connected? Um, so... We're looking into new skills and new training programs so that we can support our team members um, with their managerial skills and with their um, interests in career pathing and career development. Those are some lofty goals. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot and that's a lot of great things. And, you know, to, to the team's credit and, and your credit too, I have seen some really great bias training yeah. that helps me through it. So there are some things that exist already. So uh, there's also one of the things that I thought was really interesting. I talked about this recently at a conference mm -hmm. is number one, there 
labor. Labor is a problem. As you know, it's yeah. a problem for our restaurant brands. It's yeah. what everybody's talking to. Yeah. I recently did a podcast for the NRA. That's what we were, you know, talking about. How yeah. do we help with the labor issue? Well, also, it's not just in the restaurants, right? As it, it has moved everywhere. Our, the job market right now yeah, is like the housing market. Yeah, it is. Sure. I mean, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't go with you. I, ha- I have a bid for $50,000 over asking price. And you're like, <laughs> right? What? I, I haven't even seen you. I haven't right. even had an interview face to face. So it yeah. is, I mean, the challenges that, which is great to me, a lot of this is really good stuff that's coming, but I really like the four talks that we've rolled out mm-hmm. and it talks one of the main things. And this is one of the things I was talking about. And in, in the conference is it focuses on mental health. Yeah. And when you're talking yes. about building a community, yes. This, this is our second family and yes. it really is. I So as my team members come in, they're not used to talking about this and we have their four talks and they're like, can, can I really say like, yeah, I'm pulling my hair out. My kid yeah. is sitting here at my feet yeah. screaming. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and the ability to foster that in conversation, yeah. because again, as a woman, I always say, as a woman, I've been hiding the fact that I have kids for years, right? Mm-hmm. They don't come in the conversation. Yeah. And so some men are being in this spot. Yeah. And and as a manager who is diverse or who looks different, I can say, like, you know what? I'm used to it. Yeah. My child is actually under the seat right now, you know, <laughs> which, which does happen. They're locked out right now. But anyway, so there, there are great things that exist right now. And then I am super excited to see how you really dig in and mm-hmm. help us mm-hmm. to, to become, to, to, again, everyone is having to go through this, right? Hey, We're everybody. all yep. in this new hybrid environment and just carving out the path for what that means for global payments that's exciting so I can't wait to see how you bring that yeah one of the things one of the things I'll just quickly squeeze in there around that is um you know we focus our workplace by location you know you have this location workforce model you know and, and you deliver service by geographical location now we will have to focus on delivering human resource management from a human-centric model. So shifting from a location-centric model to a human-centric, which means checking in, which means the mental well-being in the health of our employees um, mentally. And, And because there is a war for talent, we call this the candidate market right now. Um, And if you're not being open to allow employees to work remotely, we're losing the war on talent. Um, It's just a game changer right now. And uh, it doesn't seem to be any indication that this uh, breakthrough COVID is gonna um, ease up, Um, you know, with half of America not vaccinated we as leaders will need to continuously innovate how we build culture around a hybrid environment and check in on our employees' um, mental state of mind because the workload didn't ease up. And in some cases, many team members work even harder um, without breaks uh, because now you have full access to your calendar, to others' calendars, and you bombard 
and fill in meetings after meetings. And you need to give team members permission to get up and take a break. Um, so we, we, I'm glad you mentioned the four talks because that does help us show up in a humanistic perspective to check in and just have a conversation. Um, but I'm concerned when it comes time for performance evaluation that we do that from a place of mental well-being as well. I, com I completely agree with that as well. And we're seeing that as a, as a manager of managers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see that too because uh, it, it is a different type of environment and it is what is what is confidential. If you think about yourself as kind of a counselor in some of this, that is what managers are, right? As we are creating a more diverse workforce, as we are bringing and driving empathy into these conversations, which is lovely, right? it, it also isn't as black and white as it right. has been in the past. Right. I right. used to perform, you know, my evaluations and you were scored that's not real life. Yeah. This is real life. Yeah. But real life is, is messy. It's a yeah. little messier. So <laughs> as we grow, well, and that's kind of what, one of the things that I was talking about is, okay, you know, to my managers who had their own four talks, how do I get that information? How do I not steal that personal conversation that you have, but make sure that they're in my succession planning, that they're, I'm looking at them when I'm looking at what I'm doing. So it is, it is phenomenal ch what change brings, but it yeah. also brings, brings chaos, right? Yeah. It brings questions and I'm excited that we're digging in and we're caring yeah. enough to yeah. blow up the old system yeah. and start working on new ones. Yeah, I know. It's great. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Well, I completely appreciate you taking the time to spend with me. This is such a such an exciting topic. This is no doubt just the tip of the iceberg as to what you're going to be bringing to Global Payments. I, I sincerely thank you um, because I, I chose you because you are an inspiration to me. Oh, so what I would so love sweet. to hear, <laughs> absolutely, help me to understand what inspires you. Who inspires you, Jackie? That's a really beautiful question. And um, it's been the people in my life that taught me great lessons that inspired me and continue, which was my mom and dad, my mom and dad. My mom taught me how to love unconditionally. Um, she taught me, um, you know, her famous saying was, nothing beats a failure, but a try. And whenever I get in doubt of myself, I am motivated by pushing through to at least try. I'm motivated by not saying I can't until I at least try. I love that. Well, the last question that I was going to ask you is something about, tell me your favorite comment, inspirational quote. I love this. Nothing beats a failure, but a try. So if you, if you could put yourself in my shoes, Jackie, is there anything that I missed? Anything that I should have asked you that I didn't? No, this was fabulous. This is so fabulous. You're so energetic and I feed off of your energy. You're, I'm glad you are doing what you're doing because it's almost like all of us have passions and talents and skills and then you have purpose. And when you get an opportunity to align all of those three things into your purpose, 
it's natural. And that's what I experience with you, just a natural energy of, of what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, you're sweet. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to thank my guest, Jackie, the absolute wonderful powerhouse that is the SVP of Talent and Acquisition at Global Payments and the Chief Diversity Officer. Thank you so much, Jackie Parker, for joining us today and helping to continue to inspire me and hopefully our listeners as well. So we are looking forward to watching the great ways that you continue to innovate and inspire your team. I also want to thank the audience for joining us today. If you want to reach out to me directly, feel free to email me. It's tama.lindy at globalpay.com. So that's it for Tama Talks today. Tune in as we continue to feature professionals who create, inspire, and innovate and are continually pushing others to do the same. Thanks so much. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming episode, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at tablestakes at zenial.com. Tablestakes is produced by Michael Kowalski. Our audio engineer is Joseph Hopp, and I'm your host, Andy Grindstaff.